Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And I... Okay. Hey, gang. How's it going? Um, I was recently, legally, I should say, prescribed Adderall. And so I've been on that for a few weeks. And unfortunately, you guys will never know it because (laughs) we record so late in the day, it has worn off. And so the chances of you getting um, a medicated Craig are slim to none. Yeah, but the question is, is the editing room getting a medicated Craig? Um, well, hopefully. We'll see. Okay, sweet. <laughs> That's what we need. Yeah. We need you focused on the production side. Entertainment-wise, we don't care if you're falling apart, you know? Sure. It's, some might say that's more entertaining. I mean, Catch Me Outside Girl was, I think, definitely not on her meds, and she blew up. So maybe you can blow us up, you know? Okay. Okay. I think I can, I think I can pull that off, but we'll Sweet. see. Sounds good to um, me, man. Are you ready to talk about our movie? Let's talk about our movie. So we are in our final week of our stages of life theme. We are talking about retirement and death. And honestly, there's no movie that better sums that up than the 2007 classic, The Bucket List, with Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson. There's no way to talk about this movie without doing full spoilers, so we're just gonna send it. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can skip ahead to this time code right here. Time code 2128. Did you know that this... I didn't know this. That this movie single-handedly coined the term bucket list? Yeah, it's one of those Mandela effects that a lot of people thought this is, this phrase has been used for a while, but this movie started it. It, it was just one of those things everyone's like, no, that was a big thing before. I'm like, I promise you it wasn't. Yeah, I could have sworn like I've been hearing that phrase my whole life, but you know, not many people are talking about a bucket list when you're eight. <laughs> right. I, I'm sure people had it, but this was just the name for it. Yeah. Um. I think this movie also popularized like a couple of the big ones people put on, like the get a tattoo and go skydiving. skydiving. Yeah. Like that's what everyone puts on their bucket list. And I'm sure that a lot of that came from this movie. Yes. So the plot of this movie Really simple, all right? Jack Nicholson's character and Morgan Freeman's character are both dying of cancer. They are sharing a hospital room for a few weeks, we see them, and then together they decide, hey, we're both going to die, let's fill out our bucket list and complete it. And Morgan Freeman is like this like down to earth, super knowledgeable, really smart, uh, uh, kind of like blue collar worker. He's a mechanic. And then Jack Nicholson's character is the arrogant, you know, self-absorbed. He's the owner of the hospital they're in. Yeah. So he's, he's legitimately like, a billionaire. And so he's the one funding this whole trip. And they don't, it, they get along well enough to go on this trip, obviously, but they got on each other's nerves, like just enough for me to be uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> it, it was an, often enough to remind you that, oh, these guys are still like strangers. Yeah. They've known each other for the, the journey that they go on, I think lasts about three months. And I don't remember how long they were in the hospital before that. So, like, it is a it is an under four month journey. This whole movie. Yeah, but they're with each other all day long. They're traveling together. They're doing adventures together. They get they're going through chemo together. They're doing everything together. So like, you can get close, especially when you know they were both given up to a year left of life. Like yeah, no, maximum. Like max. 
is a year, like six to six to 12 months is what they're given. So they're working with about the same amount of time. Um, so I, I feel like this would put any relationship just like in the, On fast, the fast lane. Track. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, why are we going to waste time watching Jeopardy? You know? And this movie felt long. This movie's only 97 minutes. It's not necessarily very long, but it felt pretty long. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you don't get to the bucket list part until like 35 minutes into the movie. They're in the hospital for the entire first act. And I definitely got to a point sooner rather than later where I understood the concept of the movie. I understood the character dynamic and it felt like they were padding time. Right. Um, I mean, Morgan Freeman, um, his his character's name is Carter, um, but his family gets introduced a couple times, and then it's very evident that Jack Nicholson doesn't have one. He has, like, one assistant and his doctor who he interacts with, but, like, nobody else. And um, a lot of the first couple scenes are just those guys, like, playing gin, and then a visitor comes in. Oh, it's Carter's family. All right, playing some more gin. Oh, it's Edwards, which is Jack Nicholson's character. His assistant comes in, is making him coffee. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more, and then someone else is going to come in. It's obnoxious. And going into Act 2, you only see four or five bucket list things. Yes. Like, it's not even all that much. Like, and enough of it is in a montage-esque format to where you really feel cheated out about the the main concept of the movie. Yeah, they're like, giving you, like, five minutes an item. And then after, like, yeah. 20 minutes, you're like, is that all you're going to show me? And now we're back into the drama. Yeah, and one of the tags on this movie, at least on IMDb, is comedy. And I didn't get a lot of comedy from this. I don't know if it's just supposed to be kind of like an unlikely duo. and clips. Yeah, but I did not get much of that. Um, But on to the point of like the none of the bucket list items felt very monumental. Um, Because, you know, the tattoo lasted, that was a two minute scene. Right, um, the skydiving. Skydiving was a two-minute scene. Yeah, uh, the cars was a little bit longer, um, like the Ford and the Challenger. Yes, that was, like that was the only one minutes. that like really felt meaningful because right. even like um, Jack Nicholson reuniting with his daughter, like that didn't feel like a monumental scene. Yeah, that was also at the end. Like the third act was weird. Because the third act was literally just like the last 20 minutes. And it was a, it felt like a super long epilogue. Yes. And I also didn't think... Two things. Is I don't think Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman had a lot of chemistry together. Okay. Yep. They, same. I thought the they, same thing. They didn't click with each other. They were like, both I, good act. They are both good actors. And they were both and are both old. And that felt about it. I think they yeah. played their characters well, but not good enough together. And I think, I'm going to just say it. I think Morgan Freeman's character, I think the role was written for Morgan Freeman. I don't like Morgan Freeman in this movie. Yeah, I don't know if it's Morgan Freeman's fault or not, but I definitely kind of got sick of his gimmick really fast. The I know every answer in Jeopardy. I know all these super nuanced trivia things that don't make a difference in life. Yes, because 
every location in this movie, the scene starts with Morgan Freeman's character, Carter, saying some obscure fact about the location or what they're about to do or what have you. And after like six or seven scenes, we're like, okay, we get it. And this is all like supposed to support the idea that, you know, Morgan Freeman was supposed to go to college and he was supposed to get a really good job. But then, you know, his wife got pregnant and he had to give up all those plans. And like, that's all well and good. I And I think that that's a good background for a character that would want to accomplish things on a bucket list. It's just that none of the things on the bucket list felt very strong to begin with. And there was a lot of vague stuff on there too. Like, you know, help a stranger for good, for the good. Like it was one of those things that don't, why did you put that on your bucket list? You tell me you've never done that. Yeah. Witness something majestic. And the only, I also don't think the dialogue between Edward and Carter was written very well because there's a scene when they're sitting on top of a tomb and, and Carter's talking about like, the Egyptian afterlife and they're literally on top of a pyramid. And so Carter says, you know, in order to get into the Egyptian version of heaven, you are asked two questions. The first one being, did you find joy in your life? And the second one being, did you help others find joy or like, did others find joy in your life? And so kind of after that, Edward's character kind of makes a shift of like, oh, I need to find some way to like redeem myself. This is the, this is me lighting a fire to make amends, to start my redemption. But that whole interaction, I think specifically Edward's dialogue in that scene was too wordy. It was too clunky. I I didn't feel like he was responding to what Carter was saying. It was just kind of like, all right, I now need to explain myself after he is done talking. Yeah, it was weird. But I mean, like they, they didn't have chemistry. I think a lot of this was a cool concept with bad writing. Yes. Um. I mean, dude, there's flaws all over this movie. And this is not, the, this is like my third time seeing this movie, but I haven't seen it in like 10 years. Yeah, this is like my second, I think. But, and I remember it being good. But once the gimmick of the whole movie wears off, the whole concept of it being a bucket list, you're like, this is weird. The B story for me was super annoying. So basically Carter is leaving to go travel the world with Edward, but he's got a family who want to spend the rest of his year with him. And he's just dipping for like a couple weeks, if like up to like two months. And I mean, realistically, his wife is pretty upset about that, about him just leaving with a stranger and not spending time with her and the family and their kids and their grandkids. And he's like, listen, I want to go live my life for myself. But throughout the movie, every 15 or 20 minutes, his wife is going to call and say, come home, come home, come home. What are you doing? Bring him home, Edward. Uh, Carter, what are you still doing out there? You're really going to leave us. I'm like, I get it, but this is boring to me. Because there's no payoff, by the way, for that. The payoff is eventually he goes home and she's cool now. Can we talk about that for a second? Because um, they're in France, I think they are. And that's when Edward gets a call directly from Carter's wife, Virginia. And Virginia says something on the phone that convinces Edward to put his foot down and take Carter home. 
or at least attempt to take Carter home. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong. Like, did we learn what that what Virginia said to him? I think uh, we can overhear a part of it. I think. Um, okay. And I think a lot of it is just like he's got a family. He should be spending time with his family. Because I just remember watching that scene and being like, oh, there's some big secret that Carter is hiding that we're about to find out. And then we didn't. No, there was no big secret. It was dumb. It was really dumb. Um, It was literally just like, come home. There was no big reason. She wasn't sick. The kids are fine. They really didn't need him. Um, It was all very dumb. Also, there's a scene like when they're in that French dinner paying thousands of dollars to eat fancy food. His catheter bursts and he starts bleeding. That was a weird scene. It felt very uncomfortable because they were talking yes. about something weird. And he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. And it makes you think, oh, I've got to leave this conversation because this was weird. Um, and then you find out it was actually like a minor emergency. And then he brushes it off later. I'm like, we're barely making transitions through this movie. Like this is un- this is clunky and weird because it never comes up again. They're like, it was it was just weird. It was uncomfortable. I don't know why it was crucial to the movie. I don't think it was. It was just weird. Yeah, I I agree. It, it's this is one of those conversations where the more I talk about it, the more I realize that maybe this movie has more flaws than I thought it did when I was watching it. Um, because the the movie I think when you're watching it is fine. It's boring, but it's fine. It's just you know you start to break down the details maybe more than they're supposed to be broken down. This movie is very clearly supposed to be like, this movie feels like it wants to be a celebration of life, right? You know, right. two people from different background, two two people from different backgrounds enjoying everything that life can offer them. And that that is what this movie wants to represent. But I think it spends so much time doing everything else and nothing else that it kind of drops the ball on what I think it wants to be. Yeah, a lot of it seemed forced. I think Jack Nicholson was acting. I mean, Jack Nicholson is an an amazing guy, and I think he plays this specific character very well. I got caught up on Morgan Freeman. I think I've been cutting this guy a lot of slack because he plays God really well in a couple movies. And now that I'm watching him in this role, I'm like, oh, this is like not very good. And I don't know if I've just been tripping for a long time just because like Morgan Freeman's got the voice and he seems like a cool guy. But I'm like the last four or five movies that I've seen with him, not even the most recent ones, just like the movies I happen to watch with them. I've been unimpressed. And I think a lot of this movie can be chalked up to bad writing. Um, it just felt weird. Um, but I, I did. I don't know. There's not really much more to say about this movie. I guess we can spoil it for the sake of spoil. We haven't really spoiled it yet, but we can just spoil it for the sake of spoiling it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's weird. Cause the movie starts off with Morgan Freeman, Carter, um, doing dialogue about Jack Nicholson's death. And then at the end you find out like he left a letter and then you find out that doesn't even make sense because he's now describing Jack Nicholson's death while he's already dead. Cause Carter died first and Jack Nicholson, Edward speaks at his funeral. And I think that was supposed to be the plot twist of the movie is that with Morgan Freeman narrating, we expected him to outlive Jack Nicholson. But considering how he was the first one to die, I think that was this movie's version of a plot twist. 
Um, which I like. I don't have a problem with it for continuity like, oh, reasons. It was one of the, here's the ver- here's how people responded to that plot twist. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So like, I'm not upset that they did it in a in a way that it ruined the continuity of the movie. It was just a little. It was just a fun little thing that the movie tried to do. Um, this movie, however, does have you know a Bridges of Madison County problem, which is to say these people knew each other for not very long and they are getting buried together. Yep. I thought about that. I'm like, Oh, in a place that no one will be able to visit you. They got buried on like in the Himalayan mountains. Yeah. Inside coffee cans. They got cremated, put inside their own respective coffee can and taken to the top of a mountain. And Again, it comes back to, for Edward, that makes sense. Fine, whatever. But again, Carter, my man, did you not have plans to be buried with your family? Like, it felt weird. It was one of those things that was on his bucket list. He wanted to go to that mountain super bad, and he didn't get the chance to. So it makes sense in the context of the, in the, context of the story. But he also, in his life, before he started writing the bucket list, because he starts writing the bucket list in the hospital. Yes. Was he always going to be buried there, or has he been playing paying for a plot somewhere else yeah does his and, family uh, know like oh this has always been the plan like what's going on and he mentions that he got the idea of a bucket list from a philosophy professor in college and i don't and so it's possible that he wanted to be buried up there ever since he made that first bucket list but i'm not willing to chalk enough of that up to let it slide that hey man your family clearly loves you and I understand that you are living your own life. You doing this bucket list endeavor is fine. I don't think it's selfish. However, you doing that and not being buried with them feels a little disrespectful. It just felt weird. It felt like something that was done on a whim. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for Edward because Edward doesn't have anybody else. Yes. But whatever. To go back to talking about like Morgan Freeman for a second as an actor, this guy has been playing old dudes for like 23 years. Um, Because I remember, I think the earliest movie I've seen him in is Shawshank, which is... That's a 90s movie, bro. Yeah, 99. And his character in Shawshank was like, (laughs) one of the big points was like, hey, I'm in jail. And I'm old. Yeah, I've been incarcerated for like 25 years already. And so like one of his character arcs is I am running out of energy to file appeals because at a certain point it's not going to matter. Yeah, dude, that was in 94. This movie came out in 2007. And now it's 2022. And he's still old. He's still old. He's been playing an old guy for 30 years. How old is he like for real? Hey, Siri. Uh, 1937, so he's 85. So he's been playing an old guy since he was 50-something? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I guess back in the day, 50 looked a lot older than 50 does now. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, he was also in Driving Miss Daisy in 1989, and he was an old guy then. This guy's just been old. That sucks, man, <laughs> yeah. for half of your life being like, hey, man, we know you just turned 45, but we need a grandparent for this movie. Do you think you can make <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, And like you said, Jack Nicholson is fine in this movie. Um, I don't think he brings anything to this role that... I think he's doing the best he can with what he has. Yeah. Yeah. He's not doing anything to this character that I don't think any other old guy could have. Yeah. But... 
Um, yeah, like Alan Arkin could have done this. I was thinking this, dude, that is wild. I was thinking because any funny old guy could do this. Actually, I'm going to say maybe a funny old guy should have done this because Jack Nicholson is not really a comedian. I think think Jack Nicholson outacted this role and it should have been more comedic. And so like he's done the Joker before, like he knows how to be silly and goofy. But like you said, exactly, you nailed it. Is he is like he takes the role too seriously. And if we had gotten an Alan Arkin type character type actor, I think that maybe it would have been a better fit. And it's a bummer because you know this movie is like one of the last ones that Jack Nicholson did before retiring. Yeah, he only did two more after this. But I mean, he's also in way funnier movies like Anger Management with Adam Sandler was a comedy. Yes. And he did a great job. So he's capable of it. I think maybe I'm just going to chalk it up to bad direction and bad writing because he's acting his freaking pants off. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, this movie isn't offensively bad. It's just boring. So like, I don't know, five and a half. Um, we are on the same page because I gave it a five yeah. and a half as well. Yeah. Um. It's one of those five and a halves that like, yeah, it, it just, it, it, it has, it sits like so perfectly in the middle. It's the, I don't care movie. Like I want it in the background. If someone says we're going to watch it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be doing other stuff then. Yeah. I will be pulling out my, my Nintendo switch. See you in 97 minutes. I will listen to it in the background. Cause I, I straight up just don't care. I'm not going to be mad that you picked it, but I'm not going to be excited either. I'm just going to be doing something else. Yeah. Unless you haven't seen this movie before. If you have, if you haven't seen this movie, then watch it the first time. Any subsequent viewings, you're going to be doing something else. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to move on to our improv segment. This is a new one and we might have to workshop it a little bit. All right. Um, this is called The Negotiator. It's a very simple premise where we are going to be doing various scenes that require negotiation, except the negotiated, the person who is trying to get something, they're going to keep making more and more outlandish uh, demands. So we'll start. And this is one of those things that we can bring back because there are, you know, the concept of negotiating is so open-ended. Um, I'm going to say, so let's start this scene where you are my general contractor and mm-hmm. I am I'm a wealthy man trying to get you to build me a house. So I'm trying to get more out of you. No, no, no. I um I think the the more official person has to be the straight man in this. And so I okay. am trying so to make requests. The tricky thing is with negotiation is I'm trying to get more money out of you, but you're trying to get more work out of me. Yes. So, who do you want to be playing who who do you want to be pushing the other person you want to be asking me for more stuff i'm gonna be i'm gonna be asking you for more stuff okay sure and i'm the straight man yeah mm -hmm. can do okay so um this is kind of like my general uh plan for the house so far um i'm hoping if we can keep it like under 600 uh that'd be that'd be cool 600,000 600 what do you mean oh no yeah 600 600 dollars $600. $600. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be straight with you. $600 is one guy doing three hours worth of work. Um, and we can't build a house that quickly. That would, we can't destroy houses that quickly. Okay. 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 Um, then tell me, tell me how much, so you said 600,000. Is that, should I be shooting more for that? Yes. 100%. Okay. Okay. And got it, got it, got budget it. about, uh, nine, 
to 12 months for a build. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Take all the time you need. Um, okay. So here's the blueprints. Um, as you can see, the levitating pool does require about three feet of levitation in order to kind of like meet my my image in my brain my brain okay so when you say levitating pool you're talking like an infinity pool is that what you mean no 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 like a pool that levitates what aren't you understanding because usually when people say levitating or words like this it means they usually don't maybe aren't familiar with like the vocabulary that we would use in the business so i'm just trying to outline when you say levitating do you mean it needs to be like suspended with eye beams do you want it to be glass no i want the pool to be levitated three feet off the ground i don't know if you need to use like magnets or magic or what have you but you know levitate it up are you saying you want to be able to walk under this pool obviously not no, I am six or foot crawl tall. crawl under this that pool. Crawling under it is a lot better. That's the idea. With no supports whatsoever. Correct. That's never been done before. Well, then you have your that work is- cut out for you. We're going to move on to, uh, there's something I wanted to highlight in the kitchen. Um, okay. I understand that, you know, um, people are kind of making a return to gas ovens, which is fine, you know. Um I was wondering if we could get like a nuclear oven because as in I'm tra- like uranium. Well, it's just like whatever nuclear power is, because I understand that nuclear power is like the cleanest energy source. And, you know, Com- overall, compared to what few- have you thought about solar panels, wind energy, geothermal? I mean, maybe like putting a generator yeah. of turbines in your creek in your backyard or something. No, 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 no. Yeah, I understand that that kind of works as well but i just know that nuclear energy like by and large is the cleanest energy like you know like it requires the fewest natural resources so like are you you telling me that nuclear energy is cleaner than wind yes what are you not getting from this i'm i think we are going to need to bring in some experts and fact check some of this but either way how do you expect have you do you have any examples like i don't i don't have an engineering degree i'm, I'm just okay, a contractor okay. i don't are you aware of nuclear power plants and how they yes. create energy yes. mm-hmm. do that in an oven do you do you know where i can go pick up one of these ovens i don't know i'm not the contractor well here's the thing i don't invent things i install and build things okay so well, i kind of need the thing to put in your kitchen you know what i mean all right, I'll see what I can do. Um, okay. uh, we got to move on. We got to move on to the foyer. Um, I'm thinking like I'm thinking booby traps. Okay. What booby traps in the foyer? Now I obviously would know how to navigate them because it's my house. But I want any stranger who comes in, you know, uninvited. I want them. Remember in remember in Return of the Jedi when the Ewoks swung the logs and kind of like squished the ATAT in between yeah, I'm the logs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want that to happen to a person in a booby trap. Here's the here's where we're getting into like liability issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can legally build weapons in your house because in case one of your children or I don't know if you're married, your spouse were to set this off. I might be held liable and I really don't have the insurance to cover traps. 
So we no might need to insurance. bring in okay. a new contractor or something like that. Okay, well, I will call State Farm and see if we can't get booby trap insurance. Would that make you more comfortable? I'm I'll, I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I'm not comfortable installing something like that. If you want to bring in somebody else to do it, more power to you. I will leave the foyer untouched, but I'm not comfortable possibly killing people you know okay um well for what it's worth you wouldn't be killing anybody they'd effectively be killing themselves because they chose to provoke the traps now final the final thing that i want to make sure i discuss with you before you know we get to work is um i want to talk about the bedroom okay um are you sure we can't make the bed levitate oh we can do levitating beds those are oh thank god levitating beds already a thing um we most of the time we have them like attached to the wall and then just have nothing underneath but like they'll need to be attached to like the studs in the wall because otherwise you're gonna have a bed that's just floating around the room breaking it breaking things and your bedroom's on the second floor and your bed could go out the window okay so it's really good that it's attached to something we'll discuss further when installation begins um uh and how does this after everything i've told you are are we still good on budget do you think oh no we're looking the pool alone is going to be six hundred thousand dollars okay well it looks like there's only one solution to all this cox gun beautiful love it yeah um what a pain I would have <laughs> dropping the contract immediately. Bro. Can you um, imagine just people crawling under the pool and then it falls on them and they disappear? God, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that pool water is red. Um, well, that's now, the negotiator. I don't know if I we have go- time to do another one. We don't, yeah, we don't have to. We're good. So what do you, well, let's review. See the audience? Yeah. This is going to be probably going to be, the, this is probably going to be one of their first new segments. So since they joined in episode 100, what do we think, Craig? We think we're bringing it back. What are things we need to fine tune? We can so, always put this out in post. If what I've learned is a lot of the segments that I bring in terms of improv segments are just excuses for us to do a specific kind of scene. You know, we have um, our workplace scenes, which is, you know, The Apprentice. We have our romantic scenes, which is the speed dating one. Yeah. Um, And now we have this one that's kind of like provides a little bit more of a back and forth. So I think what we're doing now is we are creating opportunities. So when we record, we can be like, what theme do I want the scene to take today? And that's when we can go and like find the segment that matches the theme. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, sure. I mean, the thing is, is we can, I think once we get real good at this whole shebang, we could start doing romantic stuff or action stuff in scenes where they're not designed to be that way. Yeah. Like an apprentice being a marriage counselor and it has to be get romantic or you know a sex dungeon or a brothel and navigating that the negotiator in a brothel trying to negotiate acts for prices <laughs> we could i feel like we can we can start branching out now that we have a couple options for scenes yeah um but alex what is our middle segment our middle segment is something we haven't done since march and it's only the second time we've done it total it's called social deduction and here's how it pretty much works I've pulled a bunch of profiles and I'm only going to read descriptions and it's just the description or the bio or whatever from the profile. And Craig has to deduce things about this person. I'll ask him follow up questions like age, gender. 
I don't know, general vibes. And he has to describe it to me. And I'll just give him a true or false, whether he nailed it or failed it. Okay. Um, Today's bios coming from Tinder. Did you download Tinder just to do this? I thought about it and I realized sometimes my marriage isn't worth the bit. Okay. So I have found weird and funny Tinder profiles online. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be making them gender neutral so it's not too crazy. And we'll see how you do. Okay, sure. Let's do it. I like long walks on the beach with my significant other until the LSD wears off and I realize I'm just dragging a stolen mannequin around a Wendy's parking lot. I This segment has the potential to get really mean really fast, and I'm going to do my best to not just dig at these people for existing. Okay, um, that's fair. Granted, these are so, all old, so we can just give these people the benefit of the doubt that they've grown since they've been posted on the internet. This uh, specific post was posted at least five years ago. Okay, so this profile reads, uh, you gave me two versions of yourself. One of them is basic, and the other one is a loose cannon. And quite frankly, I don't know if I'm comfortable with either. Okay. Are we, what are we leaning towards, male, female? Uh, I, I, this gives like a female vibe. That is incorrect. Okay. Awesome. uh, A guy named James. Are we leaning more towards over 25, under 25? Oh, what a good question. Okay. Because LSD is like, it's it seems under pretty tw- adult, right? It, LSD is like, it, it's a college drug until okay. you get to like 40. For some reason, I just associate LSD with like the Beatles. And that's sure. exclusively Well, the Beatles people. were young. Oh, yeah, the Beatles point. were like under 30 in their heyday. So we're going over, under on the 25. I'm going to say under. It's over. This guy's 33. All right, and I got. I'm looking at his uh, picture right now. True or false? In his main picture, he is smoking a cigarette. Um, I'm gonna say false because if you're dropping, I I feel like having a cigarette and dropping LSD is too much at once. Okay, that is also false. <laughs> okay. Greg, you missed every single one, and I'm sending you a picture Wait, of this guy. Hold on. So you're saying that he was smoking a cigarette? He's smoking a cigarette in his profile picture. <sighs> All right. On to the next bio. Um. Okay. Here we go. I hear you like being bad. Lucky for you, I'm bad at everything. Whew. Oh, man. This re- this is old. I can feel that this one is old. When was this article published? <laughs> uh, five years ago. I think all of these were pulled five years ago. Okay. Um. Yeah. This reads like five years ago. Energy. Um. That's I like think... I I heard you like pretty girls. Luckily for you, I'm a potato. That's yeah. like that mm-hmm. humor, and it's whatever. And so I'm gonna say that this is a girl's tinder bio it is in fact a lady's tinder bio do you want to go over under 25 on this one i'm gonna say under 24 good job and true or false she is sitting on a pier a pier huh i don't know this one's weird because as soon as you give me like a true or false i have to start like navigating your psyche like would Alex make up the fact that somebody is sitting on a pier? Um, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say it's false. It is false. She's posing with a slice of watermelon. Oh, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, <laughs> you did pretty good on this one. You you got yeah. all of them. Um, I mean, 
I'm going to just go straight to the next one. It's a, uh, we're going to skip the picture because it's important to the bio. The, the picture is of this individual posing next to Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog is driving the car and they're in the passenger seat freaking out. And the bio is, we're a package deal. <sighs> okay, this is, this is um, a, a thinker, all right? Because in my personal life, all of the Muppets fans that I know are not guys. However, all the Muppet fans that I've encountered online are guys. So by that logic, I'm going to say that this is a guy. This is, in fact, a guy. Never met go- a girl that's owned a Kermit puppet. Want <laughs> <laughs> to go over under on 25. Under. Definitely under. Definitely under. 21. Yeah. And I got a, I got a picture coming towards you, man. This guy is... Taking some big swings. Here's the thing, bro. Let's just talk about bios in general. Posing with a puppet. Big swing. Strong. Strong. Not including anything in your bio except for we're a package deal. Big swing. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like I said, it's, it's a big swing. It's strong. You are going to attract exactly what you are trying to attract and nothing else. Yeah, dude. It's... It seems bad. Okay, I'm gonna I got another say one for you. It cre- it hey, I know this guy's personality. Do not have to worry about guessing on that one. Figured it out. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's do two more. I'm the kind of person you can take home to meet your parents. Your dad'll think I'm charming and kind, and your mom will kind of think I'm sexy. They both fall in love with me. I think I feel the same. You and I get married. Wait a second. You know what, Craig? We're going to throw out the rest of these segments. I'm just going to read these bios to you because me translating these into something gender neutral is throwing me for a loop because this guy's this guy's bio is freaking psychopathic. So I'm just going to okay. do a straight read. Sure, I'm the kind of guy it. you can take to meet your mom. She thinks I'm charging, kind, and a bit sexy. She falls in love with me. I think I feel the same. We get married. I'm your dad now. I confront you. Young lady, why do you have a Tinder account? You are now grounded. Hey, man, what the heck? Hey, I did not ask for a stage play. <laughs> like, what? Are you trying to direct a short film? Because uh, it's go. not working. Dude, I know how we started this and say we weren't going to roast these people. This is bad. This is really bad. This gives off, like, huge asterisks, nuzzles you, ooh-woo type vibes. But also, who's swiping on this guy? Who who likes that? Yeah, oh, I it, was looking it, for a guy who would be super interested in my mom. Like, it has to be, like, such hard bit radiation energy that's just like, oh, this guy's a comedian. Also, he's except, 28. <laughs> except he exclusively tells unfunny jokes that take too long to set up. All right. I got another great one for you. Okay. I lost my watch at a party once. An hour later, I saw some guy stepping on it when he was harassing some woman at that party. Infuriated, I immediately went over, punched him, and broke his nose. No one does that to a woman, and definitely not on my watch. You get it? Yeah. Not on my watch? Yeah, that that I saw the punchline coming from a mile away, Um, which is unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think this is a dude over 25. Uh, I mean, no. He's 23. Interesting. Okay. Um, and he has a non-ironic staring into the camera, not smiling look. Good, good. A psychopath. All right. And I got one last one for you now that we're just, you know, roasting people because it's fun. <laughs> um, two reasons to date me. One, because you'd be the good looking one. 
two, please. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't my bio? That's dude. That's a good line. Um, we'd have to switch out the first one because it's super hacky and overused. Yeah. The second one is very good. Um, I'm going to say that, Ooh, I'm going to say this is a girl under 25. It is a guy who's 27. Okay. All right. And his true or false. His profile picture is him posing with a pig. That has to be true. It's false. He's posing with a cow with a cow (laughs) bombing in the back, bro. (laughs) <laughs> he's getting photobombed by a farm animal listen I... so this whole segment social deduction is about us you know zooming in on a very small and select part of your life and then drawing a bunch of conclusions you guys are making it i'm saying you guys our listeners were never doing anything like that we've evolved past this but people are making it so hard to want to know more yeah <laughs> like why would we want to deduce more when you're saying these horrible things, super cringy, like have someone read your stuff. Yes. Um, so here's some advice if you want to, because the, the line between a funny swipeable bio and just like a cringy bio is so thin. Ooh, that line is so thin. Um, and so I think it's, it's always safer to go with a normal bio with a punchline somewhere in there. Right. And it doesn't even have to be funny. Just be one of those, oh, this guy's got a sense of humor. But like, but, we're not going for so funny, I'm going to show my friends. Because the people who are so funny, well, I'm going to show my friends, guess what, bro? They're not going to swipe on you. They're going to screenshot it and roast you to pieces. Exactly what we're doing right now. Two people, And that's coming from two people who have never successfully online dated. So take advice from us. Pew, 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 pew. Anyway, what's yeah. our one hit wonder? Our one-hit wonder is called the Good Dictionary. Greg, I'm going to give you some basic information about a word, all of it completely random, and you're just going to tell me what that word is. It can't be something we've used before in the English language. You have to make something up. Feel free to ask for more things. I hate it when you do this to me. (laughs) This is not the first segment we've had like this involving making up like words before it never ends well for me (laughs) um so feel free to ask for country of origin you know date of origin um definition use it in a sentence whatever but i'll give you some basic information um your word is synonymous with suspicion and i have to make up a word that's not okay (laughs) would you like a country of origin so i want to get one thing clear to the audience when i asked alex um what segments he wanted to do today um he immediately said one hit which means he had this one in the tank like it was ready and the bit is say a word and make craig come up with a nonsense word that's the bit that's the entire bit dude so come on audience let's go (laughs) through this train wreck together Okay, the the word I'm the the synonymous word is suspicious. Yeah. Um, can you give me like um, a demographic of people who use it? Um, lower class, um, high schoolers, predominantly okay. female. Okay. Um, and on a scale of one to ten, how mean is this word? Uh, it's only like a two. Okay. It's just okay. very common in the language. Um, is this word recognizable in context or do old people frequently have to ask what it means? It's recognizable in context. It's close. Okay. 
yeah, you'll, you'd be able to figure it out. Um, okay, so obviously I think that this word is just, you know, it's um, derived from the word suspicious. Um, Interesting. And uh, I think it, um, I, I think that, you know, people just say, you know, it's shissy. Nope, that's wrong. That felt <laughs> yes. bad. Th- you got it, dude. How did you know? Are you that fluent felt in Uganda? So bad. Mm, don't don't put words in my mouth, please. <laughs> say I understand one more that's time. the point of this segment, but Can no. you say it one more time? I think I missed it the first time. I said it was shissy. I don't even know why it's funny. I don't. Uh, it's Craig, it your next word diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> your next word is synonymous with forestry. Okay. Okay. Um. Is this like an industry term or like just a casual term? Oh, uh, it's an industry term. Very okay. niche group. Okay. Um uh when did this word come to fruition? Uh so this is an old word. We're looking at um about 700 AD. Okay, so there's probably some slur in the word somewhere. Um is uh d- d- is this word like translated from another language or uh, yes, it's uh, originally from Belarus, um, but has been adapted into English relatively recently. Where Belarus? <laughs> Eastern Europe, in case anyone else was curious. <laughs> um, okay, um, so, you know, it has some, like, Dracula vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Very, like, Transylvania, Russian, yeah. Eastern Bloc. Um, is this word, like... Um, so it describes forestry. Wow. What a boring word. Okay. Um, But wait till you hear it. It does not sound boring at all. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Alex, I think the word that you're looking for is bunda. (laughs) Of all the words, bro. Yeah. So, you know, uh, let me give you a little bit of context audience. All of our um, listeners in England was like, did you just say bunda? Yeah. Um, in case, let's talk a little bit more about it, you know, in specifically in like uh, the lumber industry, yeah. um, uh, the forest, a forest that was like close to completely deforested, um, uh, you know, a, a patch of land that was almost completely taken dry. That yeah. that was a that that was a bunda. I'm so glad you picked that word. Uh, well, let's wrap it up with one more, Craig. Um, this word just happens to be synonymous with breast. Okay. Um, yeah. Are we talking on a human, on an animal? Where it's we... just that piece of anatomy. So it translates okay. to other. Okay. Um, is this like a medical term? Is it like a sexual it's term? A it's a slang okay. term. Okay. Um, Use, and... It's po- very popular in like media, movies, and TV shows. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and would I find like, would I be comfortable saying this word in front of my parents? Well, there's a pretty good chance like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's very colloquial to this part of the world. So, I mean, I guess you could. I think if you were in that region... Um, it's not something you would say around your parents. It's probably more similar to tits. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I hope this isn't the one episode my nephew decides to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, Alex, the word that you're looking for yep. is um the they, they're referred to as the gladdies. <laughs> Are they now? Yeah. Spelled G L A D D I E S. Why is, why is that, Greg? Oh, 
hey, I'm just, I'm giving you, I'm just giving you the base knowledge, okay? I'm not an etymologist, okay? You're the one with all, you're the one with all the facts over there. I'm just telling you what you're trying to get out of me, okay? Okay, sounds good. Well, um, that's our one-hit wonder, the good dictionary. Uh, if you loved it, I'm sorry, it's never coming back. And if you hated it, don't worry. Hey, why is it called the good dictionary? I'm the one that made up all the words. Well, it's not a great dictionary. All right. And it's definitely not permanent. It's a one-hit wonder. So it's, it's a good dictionary. Fine, whatever. Free ball and Alex, what do you got? Um, so I finished. I'm all caught up on Archer, minus this, the episodes that are coming out week to week. Um, and let me tell you, people were right. People were 100% right. The first three seasons are great. Once you get to Archer Vice, it's downhill from there. A lot of people like Archer Vice. A lot of people don't. But I'm telling you, it doesn't get better. So after you watch Archer Vice, it's downhill, bro. For the remaining seasons, you're going to hit a really bad roadblock at about like 9, 10, 11. Um, it might be 8, 9, 10. 8, eight 9, 10, you're going to hit a real weird one. Where it's like three seasons of trash that I've talked about previously in the podcast. Three seasons of trash. You got to grind through it. Then you have one episode, to re- one season to recover. And then yeah, you're into season 12, which I just finished, which is basically like pretty close to the end. And it's it's just falling off. Thankfully, it's super easy to watch because there's only like eight to 10 episodes. They're 20, 25 minutes a piece. It's very easy to grind through. Um, But I'm disappointed. I'm glad they're still coming out with new ones because, I mean, I'm invested at this point. It's just yeah. not great. It's a great, I'll tell you what kind of show this is. I only watch it when I'm trying to go to sleep or I'm on the toilet. That's the only time I watch it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I'm um, not going to give it a rating because. That's a, that's a bit of a bummer. I also fell off the Archer train. You know, we've had this discussion a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I think about getting back into it, I'm like, but that would mean I have to watch Danger Island and I don't want to do that specifically. That was one of the worst ones. That was one of the worst ones. So are you going to try to keep up or are you no, just going to wait I, for the I'm the seasons? kind of guy who waits till it's all out and then I, okay. then I get into it. Sure, um, sure, sure. I've done that for literally everything. I did that. I'm going to do it for Westworld because Westworld just wrapped. So I'm going to watch that season and I did it for um reacher or terminalist I, I do it for literally everything i do it for rick and morty i i refuse to wait week to week that's literally why we have streaming don't force me to go back into the dark ages so that's yeah. just how i wait i'm gonna wait till archers all the way out i'll binge it in a week um i don't know if i mentioned i'm caught up on star trek discovery and okay. i'm caught up on star trek the lower decks um, the Lower Decks does, I think, one of my favorite things that a show can do, especially a comedy show, which mm-hmm. is um, the first season is incredibly like uh, like adventure of the week, you know, jump in, jump out kind of episodes. Um, but then season two or like later seasons, at least, um, because they have more time to develop their characters, they start to make season long stories that I can get invested in. So like season one ended and it was like, fine. Okay. On to season two. But then season two, I'm like, I was like, where's the next episode? Where's the next episode? Paramount. Where's the next episode? Um, so that was, that was a nice little pivot. I I like when shows do that, where they kind of like subtly, um, engage you emotionally. They, they subtly make you care about everyone. And I like that a lot. Sweet. Um, so I watched the bear on Hulu, the TV show. Dude. Um, okay. It's eight episodes. 
uh, 20, 25 minute episodes each, except for the last episode, which is 40 minutes. I want to talk. I want to say something real quick before you talk about it. When this show sure. got released, I saw so many people were talking about it on Twitter and it was the most annoying kinds of conversations that I've ever seen on Twitter before. And not like offensive or mean or anything. It was just annoying because that show gave a lot of people the opportunity who have worked in a restaurant before to like re it it felt like virtue signaling of like oh this show does such a good job of showing how dirty restaurants are and how much hard work it is and i'm like shut oh everyone's job sucks okay you're not special i think the thing is is so many people have worked in restaurants like that is the entry job for people yes like it is like when people think of what was your first job it's always like mcdonald's Burger King, Pizza Hut, delivery driver. Like it's always restaurant adjacent. So it's one of those things that everyone has an opinion on because half of all Americans have done it. Yeah. And the thing that I know a lot of people, this is the last thing I'll say about it is people were treating the bear being about like a restaurant cook like like it was the first time they've ever seen themselves represented you know like you know, like how miss marvel is the first like muslim superhero like people are like oh this is the first show about a cook i finally see myself i'm like stop it this isn't that important anyway carry on yeah i think it was sick this is top sure. 10 shows of all time Wow. Okay. It's amazing. It's amazingly shot. It's just pretty to look at. The drama feels real and I'm invested in it. Um, It takes place in Chicago. So like, I mean, I've just been, I'm not even a Chicago guy. I've just been there a few times so I can recognize stuff. I can recognize the vibe and the people. Um, There's only one famous person. No, I guess two famous people in it. Um, One is a lot of people know him as Lip from Shameless. Like he's the main guy. Uh, John Bernthal has a cameo. And then, like, there's one other famous guy. Everyone else is, like, relatively unknown actors, and everybody does a good job. And this show is a vibe, which is very hard to do when you have episodes that are 25 minutes long. Like, you can walk away from an episode being like, oh, I get the feel of that episode. Um, There are episodes that very much like, very much like Uncut Gems. It's the whole episode is just stress. There's a couple episodes that's just straight up taking stress into the veins so much so that one of this when one of the episodes ended i thought only five minutes has gone by because i was my heart was beating that fast that's crazy was a, it was wild dude it's just, it's just awesome there's like a couple flaws but they're negligible and i think most of that stuff is like personal preference like there's a couple of dialogue things i'm like oh that's weird but overall i'm like oh this is just sick um i think it's a cool idea and beautifully executed it's gonna be a nine or ten for me 100 oh, wow. recommend it's amazing it's on hulu it's very easy to watch like i said it's only eight episodes 20 25 minutes 100 worth your time and i didn't see i saw a couple people being like the show is awesome but i haven't been on social media too much as our audience very well knows <laughs> um so i missed all that mess it's just 100 worth it okay um so the last thing that i want to talk about is and and I have a lot to say about this. So Netflix released an adaptation of 13, the musical. So 13 is a show that's very near and dear to my heart because it's the first like Broadway level show that I did as a kid. And it's the first principal role that I ever got. 
So I, I care a lot about this musical. It was written by Jason Robert Brown. It's about a kid whose parents get divorced and he has to move from New York to Indiana and he tries to make a bunch of friends before his bar mitzvah so he can like gain a popularity status. Okay. As an adaptation, 13, the Netflix movie, is one of the worst adaptations I've ever seen (laughs) in terms of like being what it's adapted from. The musical is two hours. This movie is 90 minutes. So 90 minutes or 30 minutes was cut. 30 minutes was the entire third act was just completely rewritten. And um, lots of characters got like personality overhauls. Um, Their significance to the story changed a lot. Um, And the tone was different because 13, the musical is supposed to be like an honest look at like what a 13 year old goes through. And, you know, they may be blowing everything out of proportion, but that's how it feels to them. And that and I think that the musical did a very good job of portraying that concept. The movie does not do that (laughs) very much. Um, Now, that being said, the music rules. I think with the exception of like one person, it's an exceptional cast. You know, everyone performs musically, vocally very well. There's some really cool choreography moments. And I don't, like, I want to recognize that. Uh, Like I said, one person I think was miscast, but her character was rewritten and I think written very poorly. So I I don't want to blame all of that on her. And, you know, a lot of the movie feels rushed due to the fact that it's missing 30 minutes. Um, And so I'm a little disappointed that this is the version of 13 that we got. I don't think when it's all said and done, it's awful. It's not. It's okay. I'm giving it like a 6 out of 10, but I just know that the potential for this movie is so strong because it just like they wanted, they just, this movie felt too safe. It's like, hey, 13 by design is a little bit edgier of a show. When I did that show as a kid, I was cursing in that show. This movie, I don't think any of the kids curse. And it's just like simple changes like that that really soften the edges on this movie and really lowered the impact of it. Um, Like I said, it's not awful. The music slaps um, specifically... um, opportunity is such a good song originally and uh what they did for this movie i think they utilized the movie aspect of it very well and so the choreography for that number is fantastic um but other than that you know it's whatever it's disappointing but not bad sure um i got one more thing it's not even a real thing I started Lost City. I think it's on Netflix, right? It's on Paramount. With Sandra Bullock and yeah, it's got Sandra Bullock and uh, Channing Tatum. Fifteen minutes in, I quit. Whoa! I quit. I just don't. It's one of those things. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a little bit rough, but we can iron through it. It's no, I'm not doing it. That's a bummer because I talked about this movie when it came out back in March. I think it was something like um, that. Yeah, and. I think that that it's a comedy, right? Above all else, it's a comedy movie. And I will say you can tell a movie's style of comedy pretty quick. And so you jumping after 15 minutes isn't absurd because, you know, you know what you think is funny. And if you don't find it in the first 15 minutes, 
You know, that's not necessarily yeah, your like, fault. There's a scene where like Channing Tatum comes out and they're asking him to take a shirt off and then his wig gets ripped off. And I'm like, this is just, this is going to be torture. So you didn't get quit. to the island? No, I quit before that. Okay. I think maybe, maybe that's a movie that you and your wife can watch together if she's interested. Um, ma- Make it to the point where Brad Pitt's character does his, there's a very specific Brad Pitt's character moment. And you'll know what I'm talking about when you get to it. I think it's under 30 minutes, maybe, you know, in the first third of the movie, at least. So you're not committing to that much more. But if you don't like it after that, then by all means, dip. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's just one of those things I like. I have a very strong vibe of this movie, and I don't know if I can... If I can do that. Sure. But I'll sure. let you know. I'll let you know. I could be updated. Okay. Um. So that's what we got for this week. Next month is an open month. We're not doing a theme for next month. So Alex and I are both going to pick two movies and we are going to bring them, you know, apropos of nothing. Um. So the movie that I have chosen is a 2009 animated movie called Redline. Um, I never heard of it. I haven't either. So I specifically went out of my way to find this movie and I want to give more context, but I'm going to wait until next week. Alex, I'm going to send you the link just so you know that you're watching the right Holy one. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. You found it. All right. I don't, you're good. <laughs> um, so we're going to watch this and I'll, and I'll explain the context as to why we're watching it next week. So uh stick around until then my name is craig wells aka permanent handle and i'm alex good aka alex have fun be safe and make good choices while you're at it tell your mama see you next week deuces (laughs) 